0: Thinking about your business, how can you get more from less? Now, some of the answers to that question lie in business automation, helping you become ready to scale your business and make the difference in your life. Now, imagine the day that you could see and access the single source of truth in your business. What impact would that have on your decision making? In this podcast, Simon Collins, owner of Ignito, is joined by his chief of delivery, Tom Boyce, who are experts in business automation. Let's do this. What? All right, here with Simon and Tom, the two experts on automation. You're here to make my life
1: easier as a business owner. Where do we start with automation and Simon? I think where we start is, you know, finding in, in any business, in your business, in my business, and any of your customers' businesses, is finding a way to do more from less, so be more efficient using systems and technology perhaps rather than employing people. So I think that's definitely where we would start to talk about doing more from less and how do we systemize your business and using technology to, to help with that.
0: It's so nice, isn't it, that phrase, more from less? It's actually making it's making me feel a lot, my life feel a lot easier when the norm seems to be oh, what I've got to do next, what I've got to yeah. do next. Is there a mind shift that some pe- people have got to have to get into this automation world?
1: I don't think so. I, I, maybe there is. In some cases, the businesses that we're working with, they, they're coming to us because they've already made that mind shift, I think. Right. So they're turning to experts like us who know about technology to help them enable or to set up you know, automations. Um, I think that's that's where they're coming to us. So that mind shift... I think it's probably happened i think there are certain industries if you think of you know insurance or banking they're traditionally quite slow to move but again if you look at them why uh, is that why are they so slow to move just the way they've always done it i think
0: but that's the banks what about yeah. the small let's go small business because yeah
1: are they slow to move as well no they're not no they're absolutely not they're they're fastest to move and the reason being is they can see the potential they can see the opportunity here to To use automation. Or, what is the opportunity? Then? So the, rather than, so if I think, when I ran my own business, mm-hmm. than, previous to this business, uh, would I hire more staff to do the, do the work or would I use systems and technology to do the same work? You know, those simple repetitive tasks that we do time and time again. And I chose automation and technology. And, and honestly, that, that led to far more economies of scale, greater efficiencies, than just hiring and onboarding uh, new team members, and well, the team members that we did hire and onboard, they were doing the much higher value activities. Then, so yeah, so that's so I think definitely I like it. So yeah. systems run the business,
2: technology runs the business. Everybody's doing the high value activities. Yeah, to say what about you? Your opinion on any of this? Yeah, I think it's very important to ask. The question as to why would you automate something? Why do you need automation? I think it needs to come back to the point of um, how are you going to deliver a better product or service to your customer? That should be the fundamental behind the why. And then how can automation enable a business to therefore deliver a better product or service to the end customer? That should be one of the primary, if not the primary goal for an organization. Simon touched on a point there. So OK, if we then ask that question, how can we better enable and empower our people to deliver a better product or service to our customer? Well, we might be able to remove some of the uh, repetitive tasks that they have to do by automation. That can be a very simple way of starting to introduce automation into your organization. What are these repetitive tasks that our people are currently having to do? And with the time that we get back from that, how can we use that time to deliver a better service product, whatever it may be to our customers. So I think it can sometimes be easy to fall into a trap. Talked about mindset of automation. Well, let's automate everything we can take a step back. And first of all, ask a question, well, why do we need to automate? How will that deliver a better product or service to our customer?
0: Yeah. I mean, as soon as you said that right at the start, I mean, how am I going to deliver a better customer experience or customer service? That gives you, that fuels you with purpose, doesn't it? Because then you're going to retain
2: your customers longer, you're going to get more customers. Exactly. And it also, I think there can sometimes be um, a worry about automation, right? Automation is going to replace my job, it's going to replace my role with an organization. But if you can pre- present to your staff as well why we're automating, it's to deliver a better product or service to our customers. And automation is going to play a role in doing that by whatever it may be, you know, enabling us to. Automate these repetitive tasks. So you can spend your time doing these other things that gets you closer to our customer. Mm. I think it can help deliver a better product or service to your customer, but also helps with that sort of mindset shift with your employees to understand, right. well, actually this is beneficial as well, because it's going to help our customer. Yeah, I think it's been accepted, hasn't it? You know, like with the CRMs and
0: technology that's, that's come out over the last decade or so. I mean, we're moving into a revolution out of AI. We were touching on this just before we started. You know,
2: is automation different to AI or is is it the same thing? I think they're heavily related when yeah. I think about automation and AI. So automation might be okay, AI is going to play a role by making a decision and implementing, or AI might play a role. So that's related to automation, right? It's going to make the decision that something needs to happen and AI will implement that decision, uh-huh. whereas AI could make a play a role in It's going to present me with a number of options, but the human then makes a decision on the options that are presented. So when I think about automation and AI, it's about what role do you want AI to play in your organization? And that could be dependent on the task at hand. Uh, Marketing automation, well, it's going to make the decision that this is the best offer for this customer and it's going to send the offer to them. It's making the decision and implementing on the decision. Or it might be that it presents a number of options to a leadership team that then make the decision and that's where human uh decision making and AI I guess overlap. So I think they're they're heavily related. Yeah, well, uh, decision
0: making, when you when you mention that there, that's what it's all about, this isn't it? Yeah. It's about speeding things up. Yeah. Automation, speeding things up, giving you information to make informed decisions at a
1: faster pace. Is that right? Definitely. That's exactly it. And it it's about Tom talks about customer experience, you know, and faster decisions. Uh, making things more more efficient and if you think you put yourself in the shoes of somebody who runs a call center for example and then you've got customers who are you know they're not so happy with the service you provided or they want to know what the various options and if you've got ai helping with making some suggestions towards your agents your customer service oh, yeah. agents so they're not starting from fresh every time they're trying to look the best answer and this is where we got this is available today if you look at you know a technology we use called Salesforce yeah it's it can be integrated with ChatGPT and what that does is it uh, and the longer you have it integrated the better it gets right but it has based on the answers similar questions that were answered to your customers previously the ones that were most picked it will show those to the customer service agent yes it will you know, have a, have a look at the data before, try and pick out the best knowledge article, the best FAQ, or the best service that's going to service those. It'll, it'll surface those to the agent. The agent then decides actually A, B, or C, rather than A, B, C, D, E, or G. Oh, it
0: has to think for themselves on the yeah. spot, which is sometimes quite slow, and put myself in, that, in, in the shoes as well. Yeah. It's kind of nicer, isn't it, to, to give, be given a few options just to, yeah. to
1: get you moving a little bit. A bit faster. What they then do, what the agents then do, is not only pick the answer that they think is best for the customer, and they can tailor that a little bit, so it yeah. doesn't have to be very robotic or whatever. They can still, so where AI is helping, uh, given options to the agent, making their lives a lot easier. Yeah, the customer experience is a lot better because it's quicker, it's more relevant. You would argue, um, and that it's easy for the agent to serve to give a really good experience time and time again. And this, that's where we've seen in a matter of you know, six months that this technology is now not only a fact, it's playing a, a daily part in, in all. What impact
0: you know. has it had then since even like CHAP GBT? I mean, that's only one type of AI, yeah? Yeah. What impact
1: has that had since you've been actually integrating that into all of the automations you've done? I think it's it's a, it's a bit early to say, I think, because it still is relatively simple, relatively okay. early days, early, early days, I would say, but it's, uh, you can see already it's, it's, it's enabling the agents the customer service agent it'll it's giving them you know they feel a bit more comfortable about the options rather than having to quickly read through yeah. 50 different articles so i don't have hard in facts stats but i think you will uh, it, it, it makes the agent's job a lot easier and it definitely makes customer experience a lot better
0: yeah is it, i mean do you, uh, you we've mentioned customer experience a lot Yeah. Some of your smaller businesses, they don't quite have that customer service department yet. Do you think that automations is going to allow them to be more systemized in that customer service area a lot faster? So without necessarily having to have a department where
2: we've got 15 people in. Well, automation can be part of the customer service team, right? So it might not have to be a dedicated team of 5, 10, 15 people, but automation essentially plays the function of customer service so how would you do that Simon mentioned some points there about how do we use automation to leverage the most applicable FAQ or knowledge article whatever it may be to a customer in a way that they can access that means that your support and customer service function is technology and automation where people are supporting the implementation and creation of that automation and technology rather than being a dedicated team of 5, 10, 15 people so I think you need to think of it as we do have a customer service department, but that might be our IT department who are creating the technology that acts as the customer service representative. I think that could be the way to think about it. Cool. Now, look, let's say I'm a business owner. I want to automate my business.
0: I want to speed up. I want to, where do I start? Do I start with that question of what what was the
2: customer experience that I want to improve? I think so. I think it's about, Mapping out what is your ideal customer journey, your ideal customer experience, and then thinking about okay, well, what are the stages of that customer journey, that customer experience, and what are the touch points that we have with is our that? Customer? What you do when you when you start working with them? Yeah, so we we put together um, in some projects customer journey maps, right? Yeah. So these are the stages of a customer's journey. These are the touch points that we have with a customer in that journey: phone, email, some sort of portal, whatever it may be. And okay, well, this is our current customer journey. This is our target customer journey. With those touch points we have with a customer along that journey, what are the opportunities we have to automate some of that so we can move faster, deliver a customer, better customer experience, all of that stuff that we've talked about, right? So our current customer journey might be a support agent has to read through a load of knowledge articles, pick out the best one and email it to a customer. Well, there's an opportunity to automate that, right? um key customer uh tags within those knowledge articles that when a customer searches for a couple of keywords, the knowledge article with those relevant tags is sourced and automatically shared with a customer via email, in a portal, whatever it may be. So and again, that goes back to my initial point on why we're we doing this, because if we can get that knowledge article to a customer faster, their experience is better and the service agent's time can be used on other things, whatever that may be. So yes, I think it's about mapping out what is that ideal customer journey, what are the touch points we have with a customer in that journey and what opportunities do we have with those touch points to improve things, make them faster, and that's where automation comes in. So that's where I'd start. How much of a business can actually be systemized and run by technology? A very good question. Um, And I think it probably would depend on the nature and size of the the organization some of the customers we work with are I guess startups by nature and uh, I guess if you go into establishing your organization with automation and technology in mind to Simon's point earlier about some industries insurance banking that have got lots of legacy data lots of legacy systems and maybe a culture and mindset that you need to break down to automate and systemize your business there's a challenge there you can overcome it but there is a challenge rather than maybe startups and high-tech organizations that maybe don't have as much legacy systems or on-premise uh, systems or legacy data or a mindset that enables you to start to map out the architecture of your business with technology and automation in front of mind. So I think to come back to your question, you can systemize and automate a lot, but your starting point probably dictates how you would then approach that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, this phrase that I was taught by Brad Sugars, and he says, systemize the routine and humanize the exception. And he reckons that approximately 80% of your business can be systemized. Even through checklists or from, from technology now, I mean, systems is technology, isn't it? You know, eight. And, and what you're saying there,
2: startups, is it easier to do this with startups? I think so. I think you face different challenges where, let's say, we're working with an established organization that's got lots of documented processes and yeah. policies so you know the processes and the policies and the ways of working that you need to systemize so that helps but then you have some of those barriers that i alluded to that you need to overcome whereas maybe with startups you don't have you know the cultural or the legacy system barrier but you do have a barrier of maybe their processes and policies are less well defined so you need to start with that before you can systemize anything otherwise you don't have a process or a way of working to systemize so i think it's probably easier that's not to say it doesn't come with challenges because you need to go back to, I guess, my fundamental point of how do you want to serve your customers? What are the processes, policies, and ways of working that will allow you to serve the customer in that way? That needs to be defined before you can then systemize anything. So a challenge still exists, but I would say it's probably easier.
0: Yeah, well you've mentioned that question a number of times. How do you want to serve your customer? How many of the businesses that you help systemize and automate, how many of them actually know the answer to that question instantly versus you you've inspired them to sort of think more creatively
2: about producing something that's wow, I think that's a great question and I'd say not enough um I think sometimes when going into you know a systems integration project and the implementation of technology, it can be about how do we replace what we currently have or you know how do we get the technology in rather than asking some of those key questions as to well why are we doing this do we have an opportunity to improve our current yeah. ways of working and, and processes and also to keep sort of labouring the point a bit how do you then want to serve your customers I I think with some of the companies we work with that point is missed because there's almost a race to get the technology in rather than taking a step back key stakeholders on the customer side aligning with each other across sales service delivery marketing to say Okay, this is how we want to deliver value to our customers, and having that defined before you even get into a conversation about technology and how that would support it. Because if you don't know what it's supporting, the technology is almost redundant.
0: You, you know what? I'm getting I'm getting this feeling right now, and I sometimes get this, especially like when it comes to marketing. Sometimes you can sit with a marketing consultant or an expert in marketing, and you're like wow, that, that is really good. I've got to go away and do that. And sometimes it's just easier to just say, yeah, let me buy the expertise, you do that. To almost outsource the kind of marketing type thing. And I'm getting that feeling right now of where does, because some people try and do this themselves. And and I'm thinking it just is so much better that the experts do it. Now, what, is that common?
2: Uh yeah, I think we see some customers trying to self implement and yeah. you know, um integrate systems themselves. And I think uh it being like if I was to do it, I don't know what you know. I'm I'm going through a whole
0: learning journey which is which is vast, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think obviously we have the expertise, right? We have the experience, we can see mistakes that have been made in some of these similar projects that we know how to overcome. So that's where you know, I guess the real value comes we can do things faster because we're aware of the the hurdles and the pitfalls and how to overcome them. I think um, what we see with some customers is their, their want as part of their IT technology strategy to create internal capabilities to deliver some of this stuff themselves, so automation. And I think that is a good approach to have, that as long as the right people and teams on the customer side are obviously enabled in the right way to to deliver that. But if, you know, the head of um, service delivery can start to create automations themselves in whatever systems they're using, they're a lot closer to their business and their customer. And I think that's a good long-term strategy for a customer to have. But I think that comes in time and the initial implementation, the initial change, I think is best managed in a combination of customer and consultancy that, Knows the obstacles that you need to overcome. Yeah, well, you're in the best of all worlds, aren't you? Uh, Simon, yeah. why
1: did you get into this tech business? This is your second tech business. Well, the first wasn't a tech business, but this, the second business I had, oh. yeah, but we certainly use tech to, to run our business. Why did I get into it? Because, I don't know, maybe I'm just a geek at heart. I don't know what it is. I think um, so... The reason I joined so Salesforce is the technology that we use a lot. So the reason I joined Salesforce is because I came across it, I was introduced to it by a, a our web guy basically who just said this is re- it's not a one size fits all.
0: This Correct. is a complete bespoke, tailored 100%. automation system and process. Yeah. He I mean is this, this is across all the lines of business here. Sales, marketing, delivery. Yeah. And that's I mean, customer service.
1: Field service and and mobile, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a. So, to answer your question, why did they get into it? Because I just saw, and it's the reason why we're talking today, the efficiencies that automation and technology can bring to small business. And I saw that firsthand. So, it was, as I said to my point earlier on, rather than, you know, employing 10 more people, I was able to either, you know, assign them to other aspects of the business, other areas of the business where they could really add value or, uh, yeah, Or just use technology to to, to, uh, to do the low-value items that need to be done time and time again.
0: I do think, you know, you're saying the people that come to you have already had the mind shift. That's what you said at the start. Yeah. I, I, I get to see that on the front line because we've got hundreds of coaches that are just coaching small businesses all over the place. So I get to see sometimes that mind shift versus what have I got to do versus the mind shift of how can technology make my life easier? How can technology speed me up? How can technology scale this business? How can technology deliver a, a great customer service and experience? So what about this then? Tom, you've you got me thinking of this question. You know, when you've got that automation yeah. and system, some processes mapped out, all in place, all automatically working together, your team are behind it,
2: mm-hmm. how much value does that add to the business? Lots uh it adds lots of value because um your customers getting a better experience you know, your people are spending their time on more productive activities yeah your decision making is improved because you can if you systemize a business in the right way trust the output the reports the data that it's giving you so your decision making is informed without assumptions and it can be better trusted um so yeah better customer experience people deployed on more productive activities better decision-making uh, and, I guess, competitive advantage. We talked about AI earlier, and I think your question was on sort of the, the impact around that. I think one of the impacts is that people are now realizing that they will need to do this, whatever this may be for their business, because their competitors are going to be thinking about it and doing it. We still need to find what that actually is for some businesses, but I think there's a higher level of awareness that, well, if we don't do this and our competitors comp- our competitors can go to market faster open up in new markets faster deliver a better customer experience we're going to be behind so i think that's where uh we're starting to see the the impact on organizations
0: yeah and look sometimes when a when a business owner looks at the, the, the lens like that our competitors are doing this and it can cause a bit of stress a bit of worry a bit of mm. fear this is quite normal yeah where can I get confidence from if I'm the owner then? What's going to give me the most amount of confidence and belief? Where do I start?
2: Do I just start to use something or speak to you guys? Yeah, I think look for success stories within your industry. Um, so whether that's speaking to other founders that, that yeah. people know or you know speaking to an organization like Salesforce that will have lots of case studies in lots of different industries. Yeah, so, sure. uh, so find success stories within a similar organization, similar industry, speak to experts like ourselves uh, because we will also be able to provide some of those success stories and case studies. And I think when people start to see success stories, case studies that are relevant to them, that starts to give them the confidence, right? When people come to you
0: then say, we're pulling our hair out, it was a mess, we need to automate all this. I'm guessing that sometimes that happens. Do they say to you then, have you got any success stories what other people in our industry are doing
2: yeah and I think uh, we see that in every customer really everyone always wants to see about well okay what are other organisations doing what, what can I learn from and I think that starts to give business owners confidence I think another key part about giving business owners confidence in you know systemising parts of their business or automating parts of their businesses start small within your own organisation so the investment's slightly smaller I guess the risk is slightly smaller. But then when you see success within your own organization, that also breeds confidence. It's one thing to see it in a case study of another organization that helps, but it's even more when you see it, okay, we're going to start small within this region or this function, whatever it may be, automate, systemize part of the organization, develop the learnings from that as to how we roll out within that region or that function within our organization. That's the best way to install confidence when you see it working in your company in a de-risked uh, approach. And I think that's one way of doing it.
0: Well, you passed you pass that for me, to be fair. You know, I was feeling, I'm representing the business owners out there and, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better out of that. Um, and I am getting the vibe though, the sooner the better. Because, I mean, these are, these are some stats that I got shared from a uh, recent sort of business, uh, business sale. Uh, conference, so the average unsystemized unstructured business would sell for between one and two point two times ebit, and yet a system that's uh, a business that's run by systems and technology that's not as dependent on the owners there's very many variables will will, will sell for up to like between five and seven times yeah. i mean and when I talk about value it's not just the emotional value and the value of the customer I'm talking about the pounds or the euros
1: or the dollars or whatever it is that of the business that it's worth Yeah we see that with them Venture capitalists They will As part of the condition Of investing in a company Or buying a company Or whatever They will absolutely insist That they put in a CRM Or some sort of systemization, Some sort of technology In the next X number of years X number of months To bring them on Do did they, did they go years or months first? That's really it's interesting It's months It's months it, Because yeah. I mean They want to be in and out yeah. You know in years But it's Yeah uh,
0: yeah what is it all right let's say it is months what is the the sort of lead time or how long does it take to get technology running a business you know I, I, it's a bit of a mess we've got a few bits of technology here and there we need to be more efficient for you know from initial the average business what is it how long is it until it's fully like? Here's the system that's built. <laughs> good question again. Very good question. You get asked that quite a lot, you
2: know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Simon. It's very he, difficult he to answer. range is there? then small business, medium business, well, let's way. say we've got a startup. Uh, it's a small organization that doesn't have any of those legacy challenges that I mentioned all earlier. All cultural challenges. I the... think in a couple of months you can get something that's running the majority of the the organization. If we're going to a large insurance firm that's got tons of existing data systems and a cultural challenge that we need to overcome. Then maybe we're looking at twelve months for, for example, right. So there is a range there. Oh, However, it's not good enough though. That you
0: know, twelve months of friction versus frictionless for the how. Come on, we've got to be able to fix that in this podcast. We've got to be able to say no. Nah, twelve months isn't good enough. I I will go through pain culturally for twelve months.
2: Well, I think there's also another way of thinking about it that um, it's never a one and done thing. And I think that's sometimes the mindset that customers have that, okay, we're going to come in, we're going to implement Salesforce, whatever it may be. Right. And at the end of the project it's done. And now this is running our organization. That's not the case. Things move a lot faster now, customer expectations, uh, challenges within certain markets, competitors. So I don't think it's right to necessarily think about it that, okay, we've gone six months, we've implemented this system and now our our work is done. No. The system needs to constantly be evolving and changing to adapt to changing customer expectations, new competitors, new markets that you're opening up in, new ways of working that you need to adopt to deliver that changing customer experience. So, it's about also having a way of working within your organization that means that you can consistently and constantly bring in change to those systems. That helps you adapt to those external challenges. That's the right way to think about it, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I love it. And you know, phase one, phase two, even the most culturally challenged business, could you do
2: phase one in six months? I'd say. I don't don't know why. It's a great question. It's a great question, and uh, not to put a question, but I'd say that's not necessarily the question for us as the consultancy. It's a question for. Us and the senior stakeholders within that organization that have the cultural challenge. What, what they need to make sure is in place is that the CEO, the COO, whoever it may be, the senior people within that organization have primed and prepped their people as to why we need to change. Yeah. We can play a role in advising and helping with that, but that's the responsibility of the stakeholders. Do you play, play that role, though, in, Because it's about management, it's about leadership, it's about communication, yeah? Do you play
0: that role? in helping be the conduit between them and the communications
2: that go out? We we can. Um, So we're actually establishing like a change management offering. I guess that's what this would fall into, where we can play a role in having some of that responsibility to, you know, this is why the change is happening, creating that awareness and understanding from the people within the organization that you need to get on board and win hearts and minds. I still see that as ultimately being the accountability of the senior people on the, the customer side. But,
0: but let's say that's me, yeah? Let's say I've got this business that, and there's a bit of resistance to change here, it's a bit of a mess, and we've been doing it this way for the last 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you're going to give me some advice now, and I've, I've got to go and
2: do this stuff. What have I got, What have I got to go and do? Yeah, so let's not talk about technology until the business is ready. The, the technology is, in my view, the easy bit. Getting the organization ready for the change is the tough bit. So what you need to do is you need to create a compelling reason and vision as to why your organization needs to to change. You need to make sure that your senior leadership team are on board with that. They've had a chance to input into that process, so they have buy-in, cool. Yep, and they've started to communicate that to their managers, and ultimately the, the rest of the organization. So I'd say you need to start to create an awareness campaign that has a compelling reason, buying from your senior stakeholders and start to create a group of people that are influential within the organization. They could be leaders, they could be managers, they could be your top salesperson, whatever it may be. You need to create that group of people that can help you drive the change. And they need to have time aside within the project to be able to play that role. Within, uh, within your organisation.
0: Yeah, I mean, you'd, like, you're inspiring thoughts and put myself in the, in those shoes now, you know, it feels like the quickest and easiest way to do something like that is to, you know, have a whole company-wide open discussion, get everyone in or somehow communicate with everyone at once and maybe even ask the question, how can we help make your, your lives easier? Yeah. Or what? Te- how can we use technology to make your lives even better? Yeah. Um, is that the sort of thing that people do?
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And that's some of the preparation work that I think is is needed, right? So I think people feel more open to change when they've had a chance to input into that process, talk about the problems they're facing, right? And if they think, well, okay, this senior leadership team aren't doing this project for the sake of it, they're doing it for these reasons and they're going to start to address the problems that I've spoken about and had a chance to input into the process with. So getting people brought in in that way, I think is a, a step that's sometimes missed and the risk you then faces. people think, okay, this project is happening for the sake of it. I'm going to have to move and change systems and learn something new without understanding the wider context behind it uh, and the objectives that the project and the system is trying to, to help the organization here.
0: Yeah, look, I, I get the point. It's the key. Stephen Kobe says it really well. The key to commitment is involvement. You want everybody in the team committed to where we're going here, and let's get them involved. Let's let them voice. You know, the other thing that's that's springing out here is I can't hide from this, neighbor, because everybody else is doing this. You know, AI. The reckon, If you're not using AI within three years, you got. Yeah, you know,
2: arguably automation's even faster than that, isn't it? I mean, it is here now, and um. I think back to the point I was just making about involving your people, your employees, I think the best customers that we can work with are the customers that involve their customers as well. So, okay, we might go and ask our employees how automation can help them, how uh, you know, it can make their lives easier. But the customers that involve their customers and say, how can we deliver a better, to go back to my original point, service or product to you, are the ones that are going to, Think about using technology in a different way where they have that external lens on how they could use it not just the internal one where there might be a level of i guess confirmation bias that okay the service delivery team think this is the best way of doing it well go and ask your customer if that's true or not validate it with them and then you'll get some better insights as to how you can use technology
0: yeah a lot of insights feedback this is that's the second time that you've drilled that point in actually it's not just about asking your team it's about asking the customers you know, and as a, as a company action coach, I mean, the coach of thousands of business. So, you know what the most common excuse that comes back for not doing customer feedback and customer research is don't have time, not thought by it, working in the business too much. You know, it will take time. It will take effort. It will take focus. How important for the, for the businesses that do this, the customer piece and the, versus the businesses that just stick with their employees in an easy form
2: of communication, what's the difference in 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 end output? I think it helps you overcome some of those internal hurdles of getting your people to think why the change is needed. Because if how you Exactly, if an employee can see well, okay, we're making this change because we've engaged with our customers and it's going to address their feedback. You would like to think, right, that the people within an organization are there to serve their customers. And if they are and they see that that's how you're approaching a project, then immediately that's a way of getting them on board. So you're you know, breaking down some of yeah. those those hurdles internally. And also you get a different perspective. And, that, OK, maybe some of your customers are considering going to, to a competitor because they give you access to um, information, FAQs and a yeah. certain portal okay, now you've got that bit of insight that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't spoke to your customer who happened to be thinking about maybe moving to a competitor and that could feed into your roadmap of how you can then use technology to serve them better and retain that customer. Certainly inspiring me this, the,
0: you know, because at, thir- at first it was, hmm, where do we go with this? With this automations, And now I'm thinking, this is, this is sexy. I mean, is automation sexy? I mean, uh, on the other side of it, it's sexy as hell, isn't it? You've <laughs> you've got automation running business. The
1: results are
0: sexy. I mean, they, they really run. are. Tom
1: and Julia, really, right? So, are you, so, you, so you, so you, so you, Simon. <laughs> you, you want to see his dance move? <laughs> see that? <laughs> yeah, sexy is not the right word. I, I don't think, but it's 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 a game changer. Well, you know why I said that. There's um.
0: There's a lady that that was involved in writing the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad that everybody knows is Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. And um, Sharon Lecter, she's called. And she says, assets, are sexy. And she says that and she drills the point to the bit where you you, you, you want more assets. And you've just... And the reason I was thinking that is because you drilled me for the last, I don't know, half an hour, how long we've been speaking... I'm thinking, that is I want more of that. That's sexy. That is you know, that that, that was where did that comment came from. So if you don't think it's sexy, what is it then?
1: I think look, I think it's fundamental. I think you talked about, you know, using AI. If you're not using AI now, you're gonna be out of the game in three years' time. I think if you're not using and it's not just automation, if if you're not using systems and systemization to show To create a dashboard for your business. I like to think of a dashboard. I'm not sure if people who are listening to this have seen a dashboard, you know, an output of a CRM. So the health of my business, like the dashboard of a car. So in other words, do I need to fill up with gas or petrol? Do I need to, you know, is my, am I running too hot or whatever? So a dashboard should be the dashboard of your business. So it should be, you know, how many leads have I got? Where are they coming from? What marketing, what marketing campaigns are working? What are not? What's my return on investment in marketing? right through the wholesale funnel, right through to onboarding your customers and then customer experience and then upsell, cross sell, resell, servicing. So there should be every aspect in an ideal world of your business, the information should be there. To Tom's point earlier on, it's that information that should make you, should allow you empower you to make business decisions in real time. Because what's happening is people are now, they've got a bit of a, a bit of information here or loads of data here but they can't turn it into useful information and they're making business decisions based on anecdotal evidence they're making you know so so that to me is the sexy part is this is truth this is what's happening will i do this marketing campaign again no because the return investment isn't there will i do that golf day again yes because from that we got 100 grams worth of business or whatever the case may be so that to me is the reason i get into technology the reason that it is sexy to me, is, is that. And we are doing that all day, every day. People go, you know, when I say we are doing that, we are making that happen for our customers, right? So people say, you know, how quickly can we get it up and running? Even just start to Tom's point, even just looking at your marketing pieces. Is, is, is there a lot of impatience? People want it now. Of course there is. <laughs> I mean, they're spending the money. They want it now. Then you've got the other side. You've got people who, you know, they're worried about their jobs. They're saying, you know, is this going to replace me? Or... You've got people who for whatever reason is it does it replace them? No, I don't think it'll replace them. I don't I don't think it'll ever replace I've them. No, I've not heard that, but yeah. there's there's that fear factor
0: involved with the future of AI when you know, I've I've just recorded a few podcasts on AI and it's the people that are using AI that are gonna be the valuable ones. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's <laughs> less about maybe replacing more about how will my role change within this organisation. Yeah. yeah. Will it be augmented by AI that can into the decision-making process or, you know, present recommendations to me about how to best solve this problem or serve this customer need? Um, or, yeah, will my role change in a way because some of those um, repetitive tasks have now been automated, so my time is going to be spent on, yeah. on other things. So I think it's less about replacing in the sense that I don't have a job anymore, It's that my job is going to change because of this technology that'll be in use of it in my organization. I think that's the way I'd think about it. Yeah, and I I think to that
1: point, I think you now have positions that are key to any organization, especially, I think, the larger organizations now are CIOs. They are involved in this. Ten years ago, there were no CIOs. You know, you've got, you know, data scientists, they're one of the best paid paid people on the planet, right? Because data is power and turning that data into useful information, that's power. So I think it's... I don't know who is a data scientist... (laughs) <laughs> Tom,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're the good son. No, 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 no. Is, <laughs> definitely <yeah>. not. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> say so it's someone that can understand uh, how can we make informed, correct, accurate decisions out of the information that we're collecting as an organisation. So, for example, um, head of customer success might come to you as the data scientist and say, "We've got a uh, thousand customers." And I want to know which ones are most likely going to churn in the next 12 months. Where are our attrition risks? The data scientists can then work on understanding, well, okay, if we look over the last five years worth of data, uh, we can see that the key contributing factors, data points to customer churn are uh, not logging into our portal um, had in this particular customer success age. Logging in the whatever oh, whatever it, whatever it. may yeah, be, right? But right. yeah, must so be, what are the garment. yeah what well, what are the key customers are engaged. Yeah. So you know? what, what are the key variables, what are the key data points that have shown us that a customer is likely to churn, then let's apply that to our current customers and now we can start to make predictions to say that these are the five customers at the highest risk of churn based off of you know previous data, so we have a level of confidence, now we can go and do something about marketing to those customers, giving them special offers, taking them out on a golf day, whatever it may be. So I'd say a data scientist is someone that can use previous information, previous data to help leaders in the organization answer key business questions to then proactively do something about it. Yeah, look,
0: I'm getting like blinding flashes of the obvious all over the place here. So we've got CIO, we've got a data analyst, and I did um I did a podcast with uh, former Dragon of Dragon's Inc. called Piers Linney recently. And he talked about having a head of AI. Like literally, you know, you, you top businesses out there have all got heads of AI now. I mean, that's another sort of seat around a similar table to these others. And you're you're like an outsourced outsourced specialist subject matter experts, yeah?
2: Yeah, exactly. i I guess that point of head of AI is about a company being ready for that, I guess, right? Yeah. Some, some will, some won't. And, and I guess... You're definitely on the front foot right now if you've got head of AI, aren't you? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's only a matter of time. I think we're all we're all agreed. It's, yes.
1: No, you have to be in it to win it, right? You, you, it's, it's going to be in it. There's, the thing about it is, there's no front runner at the moment, I don't think, and I think it's too early to predict what's going to happen. But I think unless you've got so, unless you're ready to use all of this information. If you're not, if, you know, you, the the biggest you problem... You need to know, dude. Which? need to you use all of this information. Well, I think the biggest problems we have from our customers, especially the ones that have been around for a while, is they've got all these disparate systems and they've got multiple sources of the same thing in terms of data, right? They've got no single source of the truth. They don't know. So if, the, if you know, the... The marketing officers to my point earlier on around which which is our best marketing campaign they have got so many different systems for marketing alone that they can't really give you that so i think in an ideal world you'd have everything in one place and this is why you need a platform to choose and the idea would be that you would now have this information all in one place and that's where the data sciences come in they're pulling all this information from all over this all over the place all this data from hundreds of sources and they're trying to get to that single source of the truth. What is the information that allows us to move on? What is the correct answer to the question we're asking? And that is, again, James. You speak to loads of customers. I'm sure that you ask them simple question: What's your best marketing campaign, for example? They most of them wouldn't be able to tell you. So I think uh, the ideal about nine about ninety five percent plus. Yeah, and that's what we're saying is, no matter what. We specialise in Salesforce, that's just one platform. But lo- there's loads out there, and the 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 aim that everybody wants is that they're all interconnected. Yeah, and that is a behemoth task, you know, and it's not necessarily always possible. So I think what AI is doing is taking all of this information from multiple multiple sources and giving you the best outcome that the AI thinks is correct. But if you have a system that's already connected, right now you don't have AI, but if you can add AI on top of all of that information, that become that's a game changer. So I think step one is to get as much information together on in one place as you can. And then if you put the AI layer on top of that, well that that's
2: that's game changer. And you're using speed. So, yeah. Oh, that's the thing. It's speed. Yeah. I mean that's what we're seeing. Um I think if I think about this point less as a, you know, someone that works for a consultancy that's advising on this type of stuff for customers and more as a consumer, why do I stay with spotify well because it has lots of data lots of information about me and it's not a person at spotify that says tom's listened to oasis let's recommend blur to him. it's ai that can automate that and use all of that information that it's gathered on what i've listened to where i've stopped listening to something the albums that i've liked and so on and so forth and then can make predictive recommendations to me to say have you thought about listening to this artist here's a playlist that we've automatically compiled to you and what's the the outcome of that the outcome of that is that I pay my subscription month on month because it's given me a better experience because I'm giving it data and it's using that data in a positive way to give me a better service. So that's, I think an example of if I think about it as a consumer where AI is playing a positive role in, in my life, right as a customer of, of that organization.
0: Yeah, so far so good. I mean, the single source of truth, that's really powerful phrase that, and what you do is you make you make the right the important things visible. That's exactly, yes. Yeah, and it's this is about visibility. You know, you can't manage the invisible neither, so this is about informed decision making. And a really good coach, I'm gonna mention his name is called Alan Breiter. He's one of the best business coaches that I've ever met. Um he's been doing it twenty twenty years plus. And he, says, he said this to me a number of years back, and you reminded me then. He said um, the, the, it's the same challenge for every business. How does the information get presented in front of them? And getting that information presented in a meaningful way yeah. is the biggest challenge, and that's, that's basically what you do. That's, that's yeah. fundamentally what we do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You get the most meaningful information going mm. in front of people as soon as possible in a meaningful way. Yeah? And for startups, it's even faster because it it's frictionless. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I, well, I the other thing I wanted to mention was I often speak with people like a, ma- a marketing company. They do the marketing for everyone else and they don't do as much marketing on themselves. And accountants, they do the accounting for everyone else and they don't really look at yeah. themselves. But there's a compliment coming here because, you know, I've had a look behind the scenes at your stuff. You're doing all of this on yourself. You've got dashboards giving you all of this information, but you are literally walking the top.
2: Yeah, I think it's important to practice what you preach, I guess for a couple of reasons. One, so we can run the business in the right way and mm-hmm. make those informed decisions. If we weren't doing that, then we wouldn't be making the right decisions because we wouldn't have the right information presented to us at the time we need to make that decision. But also for credibility as well, we, it's pretty... It disingenuous for s- to stand in front of a customer and say this is what you should be doing this is how you should be approaching the rollout of systemizing the business if we weren't doing that ourselves so um sure there's things we could be doing better but i think we are very good at practicing what we preach with the use of technology internally
0: yeah a lot you know i've seen i've seen some of it i've seen some of it so you definitely walk in the talk because i know we've talked about a lot about the other business owners learning from these automations, But let's have a look at, because you're scaling the business as well, yeah? You're scaling the business up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What have been some of your lessons as you've been scaling this business up? You're almost at what, well, almost 34 employees. Yeah, yeah. So what have
1: been some of your lessons along the way? I think it's a great question. I think it's focused focus on what's important, not just what's urgent. So there's urgent, there's... Good old Stephen Covey clap. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean... Yeah. Otherwise, like I found for the first year I suppose, firefighting mode the whole time, because everything's important, right? Uh the urge of things are to do the business plan and where we're we gonna scale. The second most important thing, is probably one of my action coats, uh, you know, week number two learnings was put the right people get the right people on the team. No, wrong wrong quote. Get the right people on the bus and put them in the right seat. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's key. That's
0: what you, Tom, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, is Tom the geek? Is Tom? A geek. I think we're all geeks. So uh, Tom's a proper geek. I think Tom does this on the weekends as well. Not nice Yeah, yeah. You yeah.
0: like you like spreadsheets. Well, you don't like spreadsheets. You, you like automations.
2: I like, I automations. like automations I like uh, having the right information in front of me at the right time to yeah. so, so then make decisions. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: you certainly process information really fast, does not it? Mm, for sure. There you go. Yeah. Now people, people are the, for us especially. We're a service business, right? Uh, so we're only as good As our people And I think You said it earlier on Your people run your business The, the, the systems run the people And I think that's key Is that the right saying? Systems run the business Your people run the systems Okay that's it Okay I knew it was one of those and Yeah That's absolutely right But it's having the right people Because they They're the ones who help With us anyway Point out where the Where the bottlenecks are Where mm-hmm. the problems are You know They're they the ones that are Talking to our customers They're the ones who point out Here's what's wrong Here's what's right Yeah and then we fixed that and improve uh, improved the whole time
0: that's another good that's another good thing for your business that you were you were you know you want the talk, so systems are your business, your people run the systems, then you've got into leadership in a big way. we're looking at scale this, communications going up we're, yeah. we're recruiting the next whole set of people all right i've got some uh, I've got some quick questions for you now coming up, so yeah. you you've, you've both got to answer these questions so um what's your favorite book, Tom? My favorite book, um, novel or uh, a bit, uh, non fiction, if, if you can, but if you want to give us a novel.
2: Uh, I'd say non fiction. I read a book recently on the meritocracy trap that oh, was very interesting. I haven't heard it. i not really, yet. Yeah. I'll lend it to you. It's very good. Insightful. Yeah. The
0: meritocracy. It's so another gentleman I coach actually who's massively into that. What about you?
1: two, go. Well, be greedy mm-hmm. then. Be greedy. The email Myth visitors, but probably, probably favorable. Big, Big myth. Why is that your favorite? Was it the first one you ran on business or was it the mind shift? That no, it was got... just a mind shift. It was just the mind shift. And it was, I think we're talking, you know, systemization, yeah. people, you know, experience. Yes. All of that kind of thing. And then the other one is good to grace. Oh, yeah. and I love the, the hedgehog, you know, right. be, you, your default mode, Ooh. your North Star. Two classics there, yeah.
0: you know, s- small... The small business mind shift that comes with the e and then good to great. Are you thinking about making a really sustainable business, yeah. taking it into a really, scaling it up to a really good place? So yeah. two really good, what about then the...
2: Meritocracy, sure.
0: No, no, the, no the, the
2: other one that you were going to go, the novel. Uh, Tale of Two Sisters. For Samba. Um Paris and London during the French Revolution. Okay. I'll do it too as well thank you very much (laughs) thank you very much thank you too which favorite movie Uh, favorite movie probably the first Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings, num- Whoa, number one or number seven? Uh,
0: number one, number one. <laughs> this is our three, isn't it? Number three, yeah, the, the first one, i Yeah, think. number one, Lord of the Rings, is a good one, isn't it? Yeah, three. You good. can't watch all three, though, if you're going to watch one.
1: You do, yeah, all at the same time.
2: Yeah, I tried
0: it <laughs> before, I didn't quite <laughs> oh, last through <laughs> <All three. laughs> you, know, you, you, you will last through it off, you start at nine o'clock at night. No, no. Because they do last about three hours, <laughs> not. It's a good uh, bank
1: holiday so, week. Start in the morning. No, you shall. I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you, sir
1: think we talked about this before Shawshank Redemption oh, yeah that I think that's yeah did you know we did yeah you yeah, did my... yeah. film. So or why what? is that your favorite I think it's just the story I think the whole thing is just amazing the friendship relationships yeah. you know first of all with you know tea, what you got it. uh Give him the ending away, yeah. What yeah, uh, you call that? Something alert, spoiler alert,
2: spoiler sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, But uh, yeah, he's innocent all the, all the way. That the whole thing, the the friendships, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. exactly, really, that, really yeah. good, yeah. And the Barbie movie, definitely. I'll <laughs>
0: give <Yeah. No>, you that, I'll give you that, side. That's
1: a compliment Maybe 20 years ago I looked right. like it Not so, certain
0: um, well, I can. <laughs> No People will comment Let's see uh, Right, if you could have A superpower What would it be? Ah, if I could have a see What would it be? Um, Do you want me to Speak on Simon First next night?
2: No, I think I'd Go with uh, Artificial Intelligence Oh okay. yeah. Relevant look We relevant. Whatever We're R- good times See the Yeah, yeah, hey, uh, yeah. CD, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Of all the
1: things, of all the things you've yeah.
0: You are a bit like an AI, You've oh, kind of yeah, yes. yeah. got <laughs> you think about
1: that.
2: I'll take that.
1: Are you sure, are you sure you're not here to go? He's plugged in. The avatar, inter- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, then, it would be I mean, there's two things. Selfishly, I'd love to be invisible, just disappear, just, oh, you know. Yeah. Sneak off. Yeah. You know, no, no, only that, that, just sneak <laughs> off. Really, oh, No, but I mean, something like be able to cure. Diseases, all diseases, or you know, yeah, war at the minute. Do you know? To... Do you know
0: I, asked, I asked my dad that question. I said something. I could never choose anything other than this after my dad influenced me. He says, "If you get up a soup bar, this is it. He can heal people. Oh, that's your soup. Mm. Heal people. Oh, yeah. yeah, God for sure. Know, so you can just sense that. Yeah, yeah. there you go." Favorite holiday destination?
1: San Oh, uh, Canada, Vancouver. I would say yeah. that's where. Yeah, why I went out. Kerry she loves. Vancouver. Yeah, it's probably the. And I love it so much. It's the only other place I, I, apart from Dublin, that I, that I could see myself living in. I don't know why. Right. Just the quality of life, the weather. It's obviously decent or terrible. Yeah, and the, um, yes, yeah, somewhere like there. You know, the outdoors, skiing you know walking in the summer but
2: yes. cycling all that kind of stuff yeah so uh cape town why uh, i think you've got the mountain you've got the sea culture's very different uh very sort of outdoor yep. lifestyle you've got cricket rugby sport mad down there yeah um wildlife yeah it's got a bit of everything i'd say early bird or night out uh more of an early bird these days um it probably needs to be a night out, but yeah, early birthday. Really? Now, how old are you? It's you I was 34 on Monday. 34 years young. Yeah. Night. Last Monday. Last Monday. Yeah. Happy
0: Thank birthday. Thank
2: you Morning. very much. <laughs> Our night out, for sure. But have to be both now.
0: Do you know, I ask everybody that question, yeah. I mean, it, the, there is an expectation. A lot of people say a little bit more. People have said night out. And surprisingly, you know, cool. Yeah. And all, all of the rationale behind it. Um, if you could have one day Simon in someone
1: else's life who would you choose apart from you James I'll <laughs> say I'll think. <explain. laughs> one day oh god that's a good one. i don't know. oh someone like Arnold Swagg or something just to know just to see I've just watched these top of mind because I watched it yeah, yeah, yeah. on Netflix
0: and it it, to me, it's power isn't it I mean yeah, the last yeah. thing that you've just seen and immersed in yeah. is, is what consumes your thoughts so it's amazing that you say that now after yeah. just
1: watching that yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, to me, I would have seen Terminator or whatever else. He's a bodybuilder, but everything else that he's done. Yeah. Like, he couldn't do so much and he just made himself do it. Just focus, focus, focus. Keep going, keep going until he became the best of the best. So really impressive. really. I'd love just to to learn what's going on in his mind. And he's just obviously so happy with himself now, you know.
0: I I asked Gabby Logan that question, you know, and she said, um, she says instantly, she goes, Jessica Ennis... In the um, in the final of the Olympics, when she won that night, yeah. that night, mm-hmm. I want to be her yeah. on that night. Yeah, yeah. one day. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Where were you um, maybe like a, a leader of I don't know, current prime minister or president of the USA, just so you can sort of get you know, yeah. understand an understanding and appreciation as to what must a day be like with that right. level of responsibility and all of the decisions that you would have right. to make? Yeah. Something like that, maybe. Folks, you heard it here. Tom would like to be God. I want to try. I was thinking that. However, you cut this; those words did not yeah, come out yeah, my mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just to make not You go. You had, you yeah. had it. You yeah. had box.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: top three trusted advisors in your life: uh, to be and my wife, number yeah. one for sure. Um, my dad, and my brother, probably equally too, and then you. We speak all yeah. the time. Yeah, We get some. We talk a lot of stuff out. Get to uh, get to decisions. It's generally tend to be right. Yeah. yeah. So
2: there you go. Generally, generally. <laughs> That's the way of the world. What about you? Talk? Uh, I'd say my mum and dad for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, what reasons? Uh, mum in terms of emotional intelligence um, and how to relate to people, um, and my dad from I guess decision making intelligence perspective. That's yeah. a good combination, isn't it? Yeah. That is a seriously good combination. I guess you need both, right? To, um, yeah. And uh, I used to work with someone called Gareth, who I learned a lot from as well. Um, how old was Gareth, by the way? Uh, how old was he? Yeah, how old were you? How old was he? I was probably 24, 25, and he's probably thirty-one, thirty-two. 32. Okay, so more experience than you in the Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I was very fresh in my career about how to deal with people in challenging situations and how to make decisions and say that sort of thing.
0: You see, I'll tell you why, because I read a book recently and between your twenties and thirties, or whenever you start working in your thirties, don't, the, the the book was saying, don't choose where you want to work based on the business. Choose it based on the manager, the mm-hmm. boss, the leader, Who, who's, who's going to teach you the most and get the best out of you and, Give you that sense of development. So really interesting that you that you chose that person, Gareth. Do you want to give him his surname and give him a moment of fame?
2: Uh, Gareth Stevens. There you go, Gareth Stevens.
0: Yeah. If you're listening, there you go. Thank you very much. I'll send in the link. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if we do want to, do you want to thank him? Was we? Uh, I'll thank him on my time. <laughs> <side. laughs> All right. So what's the first thing that people should do? I mean, uh, listen to this conversation. What do you reckon?
1: I would say, think about their own business, obviously. Think about what are the biggest pain points. So be that sales or marketing or you know bottlenecks in operations or whatever, whatever the biggest pain points yes. are, look to that first to systemize. I think to Tom's by the good degree more, so talk to talk to competitors, perhaps, if they'll talk to you, what are they doing? Because they'll have the same problems. Other businesses, a, you know, a coach, talking to someone like us, doesn't necessarily have to be like us. How do the other companies get over that particular problem using technology? And I think if you do talk to someone like us, just get a customer success, sorry, get a reference, get a yeah. testimonial of something. So we've done over 600 projects. We've seen, I wouldn't say, we've seen probably a lot of use cases that you yeah. can probably think back to and, and introduce into Salesforce globally have done yeah. hundreds of millions of projects. Oh, yeah. They would have done, yeah, yeah, loads. Yeah, yeah a huge yeah. amounts, so... But maybe not hundreds of millions, maybe. Yeah, no, but I mean, I'm thinking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's it a um, Yeah, so they probably have. I didn't say the millions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure because the, the, the oldest first sales force since 1989,
1: 24 years old. Um, oh yeah, it's all. Yeah, yeah,
0: but I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it's got a, a long time. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, it's. I'd say you know, local businesses. You know, everybody thinks their business is unique. But fundamentally, they're not. And this is what we, like businesses, businesses, it's, you know, you've got a product or you've got a service and you've got people and you've got customers. I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's not, for us, it's not rocket science. Th- there's a lot of detail in it, but fundamentally, it's the same thing. You know, the fundamentals of business don't change. So if there's a problem with somebody, uh, if you're having, if somebody's had somebody else has had that, that same problem, most companies have had the same problems. So talk to them around the same size, ideally in the same industry. And ideally not in your locale, ideally in the States or, you know, the UK, some of the, you know, the more technically advanced countries, I'd say.
0: Very nice. What do you
2: reckon? What do you think the first thing is, Tom? Um, I think i would go back to my original point, maybe look at why you might be losing customers and look at why you aren't winning customers that you're trying to win and then build a strategy off the back of that. That would give you an understanding as to what you maybe need to change to attract and or retain customers. So I'd start that. Beautiful. Really good. You know, like, my favourite part of today is is
0: probably, I put box around it earlier on, actually, is the single source of truth. The power of having the single source of truth to make informed decisions and and change my business and my life off the back of it. So that was my favourite bit. What about
1: you, Simon? What was your favourite bit part of today? Well, that's the bit I got most... Uh... I suppose a motive over yeah, it. So yeah, you yeah, know the, the dashboard sexing the cells, I suppose. I mean, that is fundamental. That that's that's where you go from being uh reactive, firefighting to proactive to looking at the data from you know, turn that data into information to allow you to make a decision. That's where you start being proactive. So you can see, you know, leads are down this month. Okay, let's do something about it. Where if you're looking at sales and you don't have the number of leads or whatever. It's gone. That, that moment has passed. There's nothing to do. You're being reactive the whole time. Whereas, you know, as I say, something like this, single source of truth in front of you as a decision
2: maker, that's a game changer for any business. And what, what about you, Tom? What you I would to agree be, with that? that. I would agree with that. I think um, just generally reflecting on some of the challenges that we see customers face and talking through between the three of us, our advice for them, I think that's quite insightful.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So, Simon, Tom? Ignito. Thank you very much indeed. And again, this time. Cheers.